0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overstated NBA Show. Today, I have a special guest. I've been trying to get this guy for a while. It is um, the great, great, great uh, David Savage. He is a humongous Golden State Warriors fan, and and we were kind of talking before he came on. He wanted to wait until Klay Thompson got back, and I'm I'm just so excited to talk to him. Uh, Golden State is one of, if not the best team in in the NBA, and and I can't wait to to chat it up with him. David, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, you know. Just before this, I had a, a kind of the first half of this Warriors Bulls game going on. It's a sort of a nice little bounce back from a, a very rough loss to your uh, your Milwaukee Bucks.
0: It is, it is. We are recording this on a Friday night. This will probably get released. I'm going to guess either Monday or Tuesday. But I mean, David, I, I want to start off with this. Um, kind of your expect. What were your expectations coming into to this season? Are the Warriors? kind of where you were expecting them, them to be? Are you like me, where you're like, man, I knew this team was going to maybe hover around the, the sixth or seventh seed until Clay gets back, gets back and then they're going to kind of take off a little bit? I mean, what were your expectations coming into this season?
1: Yeah, so my expectation was like, can we be, you know, a bit over 500, you know, kind of kind of tread water until Clay gets back, you know, and then kind of make a run towards the end of the season and hopefully, you know, come into the playoffs hot ideally so they've definitely they've like definitely exceeded my expectations quite a bit right there my sort of impression now is like they're a good team they're a good team with some weaknesses sometimes during the season it's gonna be more leaning towards like the they're, they're a really good team side sometimes during the season it's gonna be leaning more towards the like there are some obvious weaknesses side we happen to be in one of those kind of there are some weaknesses stretches but yeah like like the first 15 games where they were just playing incredibly was my sort of reaction was like, no way. No way. This this, yeah. this, this is not real. And then it's was like, okay, maybe, maybe it is. And then now we're kind of coming back down to earth just a little bit. It's like, okay, let's just kind of settle in. There's like another whole half a season to go. Just kind of see what happens.
0: So I, I guess going off of that, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think is obviously – um, you know, I think Andre Iguodal is back, and I don't know if you can, you can touch on that if you want. But what what is the the main difference that you see between this year's team and last year's team? Because last year obviously Clay wasn't there, right? But I mean you still had Andrew Wiggins was on the team. Um I don't think Jordan Poole was quite yet the player he was, but Steph was putting up um MVP type numbers, right? I mean, just monster numbers night in and night out. I mean, and he was offensively, he was really carrying that team. And and this season seems a little bit different uh, I think um kind of the last month or so maybe I mean I, he hasn't even shot over 50% I mean but there still seem to be winning games with him not shooting good so what is watching them like how you watch them what is what is the main difference between this year and
1: last year so it's it takes a kind of sort of different kind of player to play the like Steve Kerr Steph Curry Draymond Green style of basketball and like I know it's it's not necessarily like a basketball i q thing it's it's like a little bit that it's a little bit you know everyone's gotta always be willing to screen, always willing to cut and last year we just didn't have we didn't have a roster that was set up to play that style of system, and so like you saw a lot of criticism of Steve Kerr especially for being like too stubborn and not willing to just like, okay, we don't have the guys to play this motion offense, why aren't you? trying to win games by simplifying the offense, just like run more spread, pick and roll. Let Steph isolate more. But what we have this season is just like more guys, A, who've gotten the reps. Because like it takes a lot of reps to kind of figure out, oh, Steph is doing one of his ridiculous Steph things. He's going to be there and I need to find him. And so we have all these guys who now spent a whole season last year, like struggling, but they learned. And then we brought in some vets who also like kind of understand and can work with how the system works. So like the the kind of best example of that is Kelly Oubre, right? Kelly Oubre yeah. was is not a, a bad basketball player, but he was a bad Golden State Warrior just because the system was not. It just didn't mesh. Yeah. And like now, yeah, now now he's moved teams and he's he's playing great. He is. He is,
0: and it, it's 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 kind of funny that that happened because I remember last year. I mean, you were. You've been on a lot of this stuff, I think, very early on. You know, I, I think even going back to last year, I mean, as you said, Kelly Oubre, you were on that right away. You're like, man, because I know, um, you know, my my co-host on this podcast was, you know, loving Kelly Oubre, like, oh, he, he's going to be so good. And I mean, you were on it right away, like, hey, this guy's going to put up some numbers, but it's not going to be great. And it's not going to be, he doesn't fit their system, right? And, yeah, I, think- and like, I
1: don't, I'm not, it's not my intention here to like insult Kelly Oubre. Like, I think he's a perfectly fine basketball player, but right like every player they have their skills and then they have like the context that their skills are put in right and so it's it's you only really get great teams when both of those things are kind of clicking together and like the warriors especially it's 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 almost like a really like it's like a nice watch right where you have all these gears and when they're meshing together perfectly it's like it's the most beautiful thing in the entire world but one thing goes a little bit wrong and it can just all kind of fall apart
0: I agree. I agree. And you were, you were on the curse stuff right away. I mean, you, you've you been on a lot of this stuff. So l- let me, I don't want to go, I don't like to go too negative on this stuff, but I mean, you, again, you were on this, I think even before Christmas, you were like, I can't believe that they're winning with Steph shooting the way that he's shooting. Um, obviously everyone was focused on Steph getting the record. And I think he was kind of, and, and rightfully so, it's not a knock on him, but he, he, he wanted that record. I mean, he was, he was stat chasing pretty hard, but now that Clay's back and I think we all know it's going to take Clay probably a, a a couple months to get back into NBA shape just cuz he's been off so long but what is something David that concerns you about this team? I mean they, I mean cuz a lot of people are saying that they they're going to go to the NBA finals, they're title favorites. I mean, but what what is something that concerns you? And I I don't know about all that.
1: So the the couple of things that concern me are one is how we do against size. Like Draymond Green is absolutely one of the best defenders of, the genera- of his generation and, like, easily, I think, the Defensive Player of the Year favorite this year. And, like, Kavon Looney, underrated as hell. Milwaukee's own Kevon Looney, your boss Yes, Milwaukee Hamilton, um, like right down the road. But, like, you have a team with multiple really big, really athletic guys, and I think you can punish this team a little bit, especially, like, on the glass that's been a kind of a problem for the team when they've tried to go small in the past and they've been able to kind of exploit some of these bigger guys just kind of run them off the floor but when you get a guy like uh like a Giannis or even like a you know an Anthony Davis when he's at a high level where you have these guys who are big and athletic and you can't really kind of exploit them on the perimeter that's that's a worry for this team and then the other worry is this kind of you know question of like offensive flexibility right one of the things that makes the warriors defense so good and the defense has like that's been what's sort of carried them through all these games where Steph has struggled the defense throws like a lot of different looks at teams right you know they'll man they'll zone they'll box in one they'll triangle in two they'll do all kinds of different stuff and they never give you enough reps against any one look that you can kind of like settle in and figure it out yeah the offense doesn't really do the same thing
0: yeah, and it, it, it's crazy. I, I want to come back to um, your, your concern about the big thing, but just watching um, Golden State play offense and watching how they defend Curry. Uh, I, I said it on a podcast uh, a while ago. It, it reminds me, uh, just crossover in the NFL when Randy Moss was just so do- dominant, I and mean, he was the he was the best wide receiver in the NFL, and they they would put three guys on him just 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 to take him out of the game. And I, I'm seeing that with Steph a lot, where he's just. They, they, especially to that game against Milwaukee where Wes Matthews was all over him. And and they were even up by – I believe they were up by 25 in that game. And they were still face guarding stuff as if it was a close game or if it was a tie game or if they were down. But you you touched on something and we, you can go wherever you want with it. But maybe not necessarily now, but how much – Come playoff time, or as the season goes on, is this team going to miss uh, James Wiseman? Like, what, what are your what are your whole thoughts on this? Right, because I mean, he is he was a high draft pick last year. Was kind of eh, eh. I, I mean, right and, and kind of blah. But it kind of feels like what you said. Like, I, I watched a little bit of that Phoenix game. Obviously, the game last night, and you know who knows what's going to happen with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. But that is a way to punishment. Is is
1: Wiseman someone that can kind of? How about in that card or what? Just just yeah, I I, in theory, in theory, definitely. But like, that's kind of what he is right now. Is is he's a theory, right? Like, and I, you know, he's he's a young kid and he's had a lot of struggles, right? He like missed his first training camp because of COVID, and then he like got injured twice in his rookie year, and he's had this really long recovery from his meniscus injury. And I don't think it's fair to put too much weight on him. So like. If he can come in and give us ten minutes, fifteen minutes of what we got from Javale McGee in like the sort of seventeen and eighteen seasons, that is, I would be totally happy with that, right? I, I don't, I don't want to put too much on his shoulders, as incredibly gigantic as his shoulders are. Yeah, and we've brought in like I think the the front office is definitely invested in him, like the all the people who are saying, you know, we're going to trade Wiseman. That's not happening. They they brought in all these you know different new assistant coaches in part to focus on Wiseman's development, uh, including this guy Dejan Milojevic, who I thought was a really incredible signing. This is a guy who is regarded as one of like the best footwork coaches in Europe. Coached Nikola Jokic in Serbia, just this, and like it looks like all the stuff he's been working with Wiseman on has been good. But we won't know what we have with Wiseman until. You know, until we have it, and and I'm not going to come in and say that you know, oh, they you know they shouldn't have taken Lamelo, right? But I'm I'm hoping we end up with more of a you know, if we can end up with a, with an Elijah Wan over Jordan pick rather than an Odin over Durant pick, I'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, and you know, like I I will
0: kind of defend the Warriors for that, I, and I know it's unpopular because everyone's like, oh, look at look at Lamelo, look at Lamelo, and and I understand that. I think he would be great with the Warriors, but just to what you touched on, like the Warriors eventually are going to need some size. And, you know, you – like I just – I don't want to make too much because, I mean, Giannis is one of one. There, there's not too yeah. many Giannis's, but, I mean, they got killed with size. And I know Draymond wasn't playing, and I, I know from Milwaukee, Drew Holiday wasn't playing, and I don't expect, you know, Milwaukee to shoot 60% from three or whatever they shot in the first half. I mean, it was, it was bonkers, but – There is a way to beat that team, and and it's like you said. I mean, it's really, really punished them inside, and I just worry because I do think – I don't mind saying this now. I think think Utah is going to be in there a little bit, but I I really think that it's going to be Phoenix and Golden State. And I just – the DeAndre Ayton thing is so fascinating to me, and it's just like as the playoffs go on – who how are they going to stop him especially in a playoff setting like it, it's just fat like i can't wait to watch it I, I thought the first regular season game was awesome between them but i, I for everyone that says oh they should have taken Lamelo," i i i disagree man like it, it, it would be fun but it's just like you they would get punished inside so much i i, I don't know I, I can't get myself yeah,
1: and the other lamello question is to what extent is he charlotte hornet's lamello ball if he's drafted by the warriors because right. like if there's one thing Steve Kerr hates more than almost anything, it's like bad passes and turnovers and sort of Steph and Draymond have kind of, you know, they've got the credibility worth. Yeah. They like, they make bad passes and they they turn the ball over just because it's a team that passes a lot and that happens. But like a rookie coming in and trying to make a lot of the passes that Lamelo tries, like he'd get, he'd get benched. Like would he deserve to get benched? Who knows? But he'd get benched just because that's, like Steve Kerr has his pet peeves, and and that's one of them. It is
0: so. I, I gotta ask you this too. Uh, I, I I saw your tweet right before we came on, and obviously he had an insane crossover and a dunk last night. How much do you love Jonathan Kaminga,
1: dude? Like Kaminga, <laughs> I I was I was not on the Kaminga train um, before the draft. I was uh, you know I was worried about how raw he'd be. I was. I was pushing for the team to draft, uh, Franz Wagner, and I think that that would have been a correct pick if we'd made it, but I don't, seeing Kaminga now, I don't think Kaminga was an incorrect pick either. Right. Is the, the the thing that he gives me flashes of is like, sort of pre-superstar, pre, pre really the development of his jumper, Kawhi Leonard, right? Back when he was just this like defensive force. That's that's what I see in in Kaminga at sort of the theoretical peak of what he can be in sort of the next couple of years.
0: It is, and it's it's crazy how I mean, dude, he is he's athletic, man, and it, it's 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 fun to watch him play. And, and to me, he's right up there with with Wiseman in terms of importance because if you get someone like that on the wing that can, I mean, let me ask you this. Because this is going to be my next, I, I'll just might as well ask you. What are your thoughts on Andrew Wiggins right now, and and, and how he's playing and his development? I mean, I, I think that he's he's playing well. He's a number. He's a former number one pick. That it's just he's not going to live up to that, and that's okay, right? But what what do you think of how Wiggins is playing? Is this sustainable? G- give me your thoughts on Andrew Wiggins.
1: Yeah. So, objectively, he's having. He's having a very good season. Um, I think we have enough of a sample over kind of last season and this season to be like, yeah, this is who he is. He's going to be kind of a 17 to 20 points a game guy. You know, maybe he gets a few rebounds, a few assists, and he's going to be a very good perimeter defender. Uh, objectively, is he making all defense? Probably not, because there's only two teams. You get four forwards on it. Uh Putting on my fan hat for a second. <laughs> Fuck the haters, Andrew Wiggins, for All-Star Star. Here we go. Thank you, David. Let's go. That's what I love to hear, dude. That is what
0: I love to hear. I I, I love it, man. I, I'm very, very happy that he has found his way because being a depressed Bucks fan for 95% of my life, I can remember that draft vividly. It was uh, taken uh, for Wiggins like he was – he was the dude, right, coming out of Kansas, and it was Jabari, and it was Joel Embiid, and I, I'm very, very happy for him that he's found a home. And I, I don't think, I think there's every Brett and I get into this a lot, where you know it, it's he's playing well because he does, he's not the number one guy, and that's okay. Like that's great for him. I, I'm curious how when Clay comes back, how that is going to affect. Wigan do you think do you think that's going to affect him at all? What are your thoughts on? I,
1: I don't think so. Um, we haven't seen a lot in terms of the offense because Clay is still kind of working out how kind of how his minutes are going to be. Right, he's still kind of slowly ramping up his minutes. He's still around twenty minutes a game. Hopefully, they're going to jump that up to the mid twenties. But like before, you know, in in the sort of twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen kind of era, right? Sort of the the First dynasty, you know, maybe there's another, but um, Clay was always the guy who would guard the best sort of he was the point of attack defender. And when they've brought him back, when they brought Clay back now, Wiggins has still been this sort of kind of primary point of attack defender. And I don't know if that's going to kind of maintain, but it's, I think he's a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker than Clay is. And so on the defensive end, he's likely still going to be the guy who's kind of a primary defender on your Chris Pauls, your John Morant's, you know, these sort of super quick and even some kind of, you know, quick and athletic guys and kind of let sort of clay kind of take a backseat there a little bit. But um, I definitely think they can coexist and like, it doesn't seem like Wiggins has been losing too many touches and that would be kind of the other worry is that he'd, he'd lose touches and kind of, lose interest a little bit like that's that's kind of one of the sort of sneaky secrets of of the Warriors is this principle that Kerr has always kind of espoused and like I like to think I have a pretty objective evaluation of Steve Kerr and both his good points and his bad points one of his good points is he recognized that when everyone is touching the ball on offense right that's where you have the system that's a lot of passing a lot of movement right where everyone's involved in the offense everyone feels like they have you know kind of their chance to get the bucket, whether it's it's isolation, whether it's cutting, whether it's spotting up, they all buy in on defense, and right that defensive identity kind of caused by that offensive involvement has been a huge part of the team's success for like years and years and years now.
0: So I agree with you. What do you think, though? I mean, as a, now I want you to put your diehard fan on, David, because this is what this all is. Right, we all right, this. we're doing this. Okay, Wait, are, are you are you comfortable? Let's just say. Warriors keep rolling, right? They're they're at at worst, right? They're the three seed. Are you comfortable? And Clay comes back, and Clay's fine. Are you comfortable with like Andrew Wiggins defending the teams, the opposing team's best player, like a Chris Paul or something like that? As as a fan, are you like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit? Are you like, okay, like we're, we're I like this. We'll take our chances. Let's go.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I'm comfortable with it. But part of that is because it's a team full of guys who are good defenders, right? And right. being a good point of attack defender is in part about like trusting that your teammates are going to help are going to rotate are going to cover for you if you get blown by because like right the best defenders get blown by and right we you know we could run out a, a theoretical lineup of like right gary payton the andrew wiggins clay thompson like Juan anderson and draymond green that's a like, fucking clamps lineup and andrew wiggins would probably still be the point of attack guy him or him or gary payton but it's still all about, right, they all trust each other. They all communicate. They all know when to rotate, when to not rotate. They all kind of trust people that they're going to help the helper. Like all these kind of key defensive principles that let you be like aggressive at the point of attack.
0: Dude, it's awesome, man. I'm very jealous that you have an organization. I, I, I don't know. I'm i just jealous in general just because, you know, you know that um, I'll put my fan hat on. I still can't believe that whatever doctor we had that said um, no to Steph Curry coming here. I, I hope that guy, um, I hope he's safe and he's probably very, very rich, but I hope he thinks about that all the time because it hurts me very, very much that uh, we got Milwaukee Monte bucks Al-
1: legend, Monte Ellis.
0: Yeah. He, he Monte Alice. oh man, dude. Again, imagine going to all the games and having to watch a backcourt of Brandon Jennings and Monte Ellis. Let me tell you, it was, um, it was, it was fun, but let me uh, ask you again, you, you touched on him about another bucks legend. Um, Gary Payton II, who in Jason Kidd's, I think his second year, he just threw him right into the starting lineup. I think it was a little, a little too much for him. How much of a revelation has he been? Because as you touched on him, that's just another perimeter defender that, that the Warriors have.
1: Like, I, words can't describe how much I love Gary Payton II. Love he's it, just baby. like, love it. you've got, right? He's, he's an incredibly intense defender, which, which I love. I love watching guys play defense. His dunking game, like guys 6'3 and below dunking is just more fun than got big guys dunking. Like, it, it is. Could, Could not more. agree more. And somehow he's also become like a pretty good spot-up shooter. Yeah. Like the the thing I'm the thing I'm honestly worried about the most is can we can we afford to keep him next season, right? Is is he gonna be getting like a $15 million a year? offer from somebody that we just can't match like that's I'm I'm legitimately scared about that because I want to keep him right you know his dad is a freaking town legend it's like it's a whole it feels destined and I worry that it's not gonna last
0: but you know what I think he's again another one of those players like obviously you want all these guys I think you and I are both pro like if you can get paid if you can get 15 million a year from somewhere go do it but I I would love for him to stay with Golden State because I think it's perfect for him there, right? I mean, he's got... Yeah,
1: I mean, that that is... He, he looks really good this year in part because the Warriors have a system where we can leverage the things that he's good at and not ask him to do things that he's not good at, right? That was the same reason we were kind of able to rehabilitate JaVel McGee, right? A few years back. Like, he was, you know, this guy who was like, oh, is he going to be out of the league? And I was like, oh no, he's a perfectly fine contributing piece on like a team that won a championship. Because like, okay, we're we're gonna play you, you know, short spurts and you're gonna do like three things that you're really, really incredible at.
0: It's great. So I gotta ask you one more question about one player, another um Milwaukee legend from Milwaukee King, my guy Jordan Poole. Are you again as a as a diehard warrior fan, are you a little concerned about clay coming back and maybe kind of affecting his production a little bit because I I mean I obviously we're again I want to just remind everybody that's listening we are recording this on a Friday night um the Warriors are up by 30 against Chicago um it's funny because Wiggins has 20 at the at the break and Jordan Poole has 15 those are the two leading scorers are you worried about that at all or you just think like hey Jordan's gonna come in with this because I mean we only have like what a three four game sample size so it's not it's not very big
1: yeah, it's it's small and I like I was expecting that we'd get, you know, there'd be some kind of noise and some a little bit of struggle just as we reintegrate clay. And like whenever Pool has been kind of interviewed or asked about it, you know, he's always he's said all the right things. You know, he's said like I, I kinda, you know, I don't care, I'm gonna do what's best for the team, and like that's always great to hear, but you sort of gotta kinda see what happens where the rubber hits the road. The thing honestly I'm most worried about with Pool is his shot selection.
0: Yeah, it's very it's-
1: streaky. He's well, he's streaky, but the thing is like he's one of the best small finishers at the rim in the league, and he's just like not he hasn't been driving much lately, and it's it's hard to tell if that's because like defenses are keying on his drives more or if he just like wants to chuck for some reason but yeah i would that's kind of one of the the weaknesses of the team as a whole, kind of in addition to this kind of question of size is. They do have a tendency to kind of chuck from three rather than being willing to apply a little more pressure to the rim, despite having guys who can be really good attacking the rim. Right? Steph is an all-time finisher. That's like such an underrated part of his game. Poole is a great finisher. Kaminga is just this crazy athletic lob. <laughs> Gary Payton. Gary, we have, we have to attack the rim with Gary Payton all the time because that's like a great thing that he does. But yeah, it's it's. I wish that we would. Uh, kind of attack inside a little more, especially even if that's just a question of like, okay, can we get guys in foul trouble like that's also a thing that they don't try to kind of push as much.
0: It is. It is. All right. So let's, let, let's ask some homework questions because this is my favorite part of it. So all right, it is. So, okay. So how did you become a warrior fan?
1: Yeah. So I was, uh, I was born in Oakland. Um, and I was always like, I was always a baseball kid growing up. I was an A's kid. Nice. And I was, you know, I was, 9 years old in 2002 when they like that's the season from the movie Moneyball where they go on this crazy win streak and like yes the A's are this team that no one freaking expected this is why they're like the Yankees are one of the teams I hate the most in like all of sports anywhere preach, man
0: preach that was a da- David Justice was on that team
1: <laughs> Yeah we had our uh you know we get like 20, 30 guys with, you know, like drum kits and the outfield bleachers just <laughs> going nuts because it's Oakland and that's how Oakland rolls. I love it. Yeah. So I was, I was a baseball kid growing up on uh, like, it was a great time to be a baseball kid. Like the A's were good. And I was in like the age that's the right age to be super into baseball. And then I was in high school. I was 15 when the 2007 We Believe run happened. Oh, I
0: won won a lot of money on that series, Dave. I can can tell you real quick. I don't mean to cut you. I can tell you where I was in my buddy. I was a sophomore in college in my buddy's dorm room right next door, and we were watching that game just going absolutely nuts. When Baron Davis dunked on Andre Kirilenko, there was like six or seven of us in that room, and we were screaming. We were so hyped. One of the best, best
1: dunks of all time.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm sorry for interrupting. Keep
1: going. Yeah, so like, so like before 2007, if someone had asked me what NBA team I supported, like I would have said the Warriors because they were just like the team that was in my city, and you got to back the local guys. But I wasn't like, you know, I got to check the check the scores in the newspaper every morning. You know, back when there was still like the sports <laughs> section was a real thing. Yeah, you know, I, went to, I went to a couple games. I watched like Anton Jameson and Jason Richardson do their thing. You know back when we had Thunder, our mascot, before OKC stole him, But then kind of after 2007 was I was more like, okay, I like really like basketball and I'm going to kind of pay more attention. But because sort of the, the fan base had all these kind of old heads who'd like been through all the bad, people don't appreciate how bad the Warriors were for how long. Like I, but I felt like I owed it to them to kind of learn more about the history of the team too.
0: Dude, that's awesome. What what is your what's your favorite Warriors team?
1: I mean the my favorite team that's I'm gonna I'm gonna set aside the, the modern team. If we if we set aside the modern team, it's probably the, the run TMC squad.
0: Ooh like,
1: I like they that. were that they were that was just before I was born, but I've gone back and tried to like watch as kind of whatever kind of highlights and like old film and stuff that I can. And that was like, it was just a fun team. Like, were they were they very good? Not really. Like, they only ever won one first round series. But damn, they were fun.
0: They were. It's funny you say that because obviously, you know, from a Bucks fan perspective. I mean, dude, them winning the title was was amazing. It was the most amazing thing ever. Like that, that I love that team, and I love PJ Tucker might be one of my favorite Bucks of all time. And he was here for a couple months. But I, if you asked me and gave me true serum, like I would tell you that that 2001 team that that got hosed by Philado- by the refs against Philadelphia with Ray Allen, Glenn Robinson, Sam Cassell, that was my favorite Bucks team of all time. Just because I, they were so fun to watch. I mean, you would. David, you would have loved Big Dog because he he couldn't play defense very well, but he had the prettiest mid range jumper. And when he was younger, he was so athletic. Ray Allen was so athletic. I mean, he would just, he would just cross dudes and just get to the rim and dunk. It was, it was, it was awesome. I, I loved it. It's funny you say that team. But um last well, I should say last question. Steph Curry. Where do you I have been I have been public about this. I've said this on podcasts, I've said this in the over at NBA Facebook group. I think Steph Curry, when all is said and done, he is going to go down as a top 10 player of all time. Where, where do you think that when his career is done, where is he going to be as far as uh, his all-time ranking?
1: That top 10 is real hard to crack. It is. It is. I, I think you have like, like, there's like 17 top 10 players in the NBA. Like in <laughs> That's NBA a great history. way
0: of looking at it. Yes, yeah,
1: there is. Um I think he's going to be one of those guys where like some people will have him in their top 10s and and other people won't and a lot of that will come down to can he can he lead the team to another championship and then can he fill that kind of last hole on his resume which would be a finals mvp like everyone agrees he deserved it in 2015 or at least like everyone who knows anything about anything should agree. Yes. He he should have won. He didn't, he didn't get it. And like, we can't, we don't have a time machine. It is, it is what it is. So yeah, like I, I think that, you know, if, if the team goes to another championship, you know, he, you know, he's making the all-star team this year. Like, you know, it also kind of depends on like how long does he want to play, right? He's got a game that, should age well in theory, right? If he wants to be, you know, kind of sixth man, kind of, you know, super spot-up guy off the bench, like, he could do that if he wants to. And he may just decide, no, I'm going to go, like, play golf and be with my kids, which, you know, absolutely do that stuff, like, do whatever the hell you want to do, you've earned it. But, yeah, a lot depends on, like, how how long he wants to play.
0: See, I think one of the things that I, I think should be talked about more is. Yeah, I mean, I love Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry when he was at Davidson. I mean, he used, he used to go to Lake Geneva. Like, I I I think he's great. I I've always loved him, and I think that he, whether you people want to debate for good or bad, whatever, I I don't think that's his problem. I think he he did change the way basketball is played. You know, you know, and I I've been on record as also saying, hey. You know, not every team can shoot threes like Golden State. Like you shouldn't copy that because it's the greatest, you know, three-point shooting backcourt we've ever had, right? It's it's unfair for other teams to try to mimic that, but Drop I, the three-point shooting. They're the
1: greatest backcourt we've ever had.
0: Yeah, sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for correcting me. It, it's just that he is so so good. I mean, and you look at him when he came into the league, I mean, he's Six to, like I can tell you, I'm five eleven. I'm 183 pounds. Steph Curry and I'm skin, Like I, I feel skinny. Steph Curry is 6'2", 185, like, and he's and he's put on muscle, but he's just this this skinny kid that can shoot the shit out of the ball, and it, it's it's just amazing to watch. I, I love watching. Well, that. so
1: the, the the sort of fascinating thing is that you act. The Warriors have had sort of two game changing players at the same time, right? Like Steph Curry changed the game, but And we don't talk about this as much as we should. So did Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. Draymond is absolutely a game-changing player. And in in some ways, I think he's more influential than Steph is. See, that's interesting.
0: That's interesting because I I was going to – let's just go right into it because I I was going to kind of end end this podcast with, with, with asking you this question. There are two questions. Who is Golden State's most important player going forward? And I know that you you've kind of seen it in the group too. There's a lot of people that that think that Draymond Green is the most important player. What do you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It's hard to say because, like, right, Draymond and Steph they they complete each other, right? Like, and the, and just sort of just them two is like very much all kind of whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I still think Steph is definitely the team's most important player but like Steph makes them a playoff team Draymond makes them a championship team
0: I think that's a good way of putting it I mean he is for people that don't um, appreciate him just just watch that guy play defense and watch him command he everything seems to be in slow motion for him and I and I think that what doesn't get enough credit for him, I, I think diehard NBA fans would know this, is he is so smart, David. He, he is brilliantly smart. I don't even think that's a word. I just made it up. But he, he just watching how his mind works, is, it's fascinating to watch.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And the, the other thing that I kind of love about Draymond is, like, not only is he freaking crazy genius, but he – a lot of really – incredibly smart people in their field no matter what the field is whether it's basketball or like whatever else they're really smart but they're not good at like explaining it what they're sort of thinking and seeing in terms that makes sense to like a normal person but Draymond is and that's part of why I'm like so stoked to see him in in the media is because right a I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot about basketball but also because He's a good enough communicator that a lot of people will appreciate how smart he is by watching him like break down film.
0: Dude, it, it it's going to be great because I, I grew up with, um, you know, the big thing for me. I mean, NBA the NBA on TNT, Inside the NBA, used to be on three. It used to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then obviously as we know it now to be Thursday, and they're bringing back some of like he is the new Charles Barkley, and it, it it he is going to be amazing on that show. I'm sure they already have a contract in place for him when he retires and Barkley will probably be on the way out then like he he's going to be fantastic all right but David let's let's end this with this because I don't want to take up too much more of your time what how do you see the rest of this season going for Golden State Uh, I I think maybe before the season maybe they get to the Western Conference Finals something like that but I mean there's there's serious NBA title uh, pressure uh, on this team right now I would say so what is what is a good season? Where do you see this team ultimately going?
1: I think anything below a conference finals appearance should be probably considered a failure. Um, and part of that is because the, like the West is pretty kind of, it's, it's pretty top heavy right now, right? There's four really good teams in the West and like every other team has major, major issues. And we don't know, you know, like, Maybe Jamal Murray comes back and the Nuggets turn back into, like, something crazy. We don't know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But it's really, like, there's Golden State, there's Phoenix, there's Utah, and there's Memphis. And, like, the only teams that I really trust there for a deep playoff run are Golden State and, and Phoenix. Like, Utah has – if they get another good perimeter defender, they're, I trust them more in the playoffs because it means Gobert is less exploitable memphis like who knows what's going on with memphis are they are they making a leap are they on a hot streak i don't know they're fun as hell to watch right now let's just enjoy it while ever it lasts but like phoenix and golden state are the teams in the west that we know have been there that have that kind of like finals contender credibility i think they could win a championship um especially if kind of things things kind of smooth out and like Right, Clay is looking good, and we know they've all kind of been there before. I wouldn't be surprised if towards the sort of latter half of the season, depending on how kind of the seeding battle shakes out a little bit in the West, if they start resting, uh, especially Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala a little bit more, just to kind of make sure that they're as fresh as possible for a playoff run. But yeah, like I think anything worse... But before the season, I would have said, "Let's try to let's make the second round. Let's be a more attractive free agent destination this off season. Come back with a full off season of Klay Thompson and and go for it next year." But considering how good they've been so far this year, I think they got to make the conference finals at least.
0: I would agree with that, and I I hope um, you know you know just as I like the Warriors, I, I I love Steph. That's that's been well known, man. I I hope Wiseman can get in there at some point in the season and make a positive impact because I, I would like to. I really would like to see him succeed. I I hate it when, you know, there's a lot of people that just kill these guys after their rookie year. Oh, they didn't do this. They didn't do that. Like, it it, it takes time. And I'm really... Well,
1: it takes time. And it takes time, especially, especially for bigs. Yes. And then, like, double, especially for bigs who haven't played a lot of college, right? Like, he's a guy who's only just now getting, or really only last season was just getting used to, like, playing with guys who are bigger and stronger than he is. Right, and like you got to get used to that,
0: and and, he and that will, takes time. And he's gonna get. It's unfair to him. It's not his fault. But you know, Lamelo is, is is putting up a bunch of stats. You know, he was the rookie of the year. And he, I just don't want him to get compared to him the rest of his career. I'm, I'm really, David. I, I mean, this sincerely.
1: I'm, I'm really pulling for that kid. And and he up. like he's a great, great guy. Like he ev- is. everything I've seen of him, he's such a good kid.
0: He is, dude. and he he busts his ass and he tries, and he would just. You know, people just got to be patient with it. But I want to, I want to end this with this because my buddy just texted this to me. The Warriors led the Bulls by 31 at halftime tonight. Yesterday, Golden State trailed the Bucks by 39 at the break. The 70 point halftime swing is the largest for any team in consecutive days in the shot clock era since
1: 1954. That's that's nuts, and like it just goes to show, right? the Bucks are much bigger than the Warriors and the Warriors are a fair bit bigger than the Bulls.
0: Well, dude, I, the, the last podcast that we did with Brad, I, I said, you know, I, I think that a, a good season for the Bulls is winning a playoff series. He has it in his head. Like they have to make the, make the Eastern powers finals. I'm like, that. I don't think they're, I don't think they're ready to play with the big boys yet. And I think golden state is showing that. And I think Brooklyn showed it. We'll, we'll see. Brooke,
1: we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll they're, see. They're, bulls are a fun team let's just like let's just enjoy it while it lasts we got we got good basketball
0: we do we do we do but uh david i want to say thank you so much man this was i really really appreciate it and you know man i i would not uh, be surprised if a couple months go by and maybe before the playoffs i have you on again because i think golden state is is a juggernaut and i think they're going to be there again and i really seriously man thank you so much for coming on and i i know we went a little longer than what we thought but uh I appreciate it, brother. I really, really do.
1: All right, dude. Let's go. Uh,
0: thanks, David. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you up. Bucks and six.